You almost had me, right? I took about a month and a half to two months off uh, from the show because I typically put one out once a month, you know, just to keep, just to keep people happy. And I had been gone about a month from doing this and hadn't really heard anything as far as like uh, feedback or if anybody even missed me. And I was like, you know what? I think this is it. Mike Sensi podcasting has peaked. We are done. But then uh, there was an influx of people uh, in person. Uh, the <laughs> the two gentlemen that came up to me at the Iron Man events, I was at uh, promoting Navy Special Warfare, and they came to my booth and were like, bro, when's the podcast? Love the podcast. It's like, fuck. And then, uh, not to mention, everybody online is like, when's the, episode? when's the next episode? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know what? I'm back because of you guys, but I'm mainly back because my laptop turned back on. It had been dead for a while. Anywho, it's good to be back. Um, I appreciate you all who did reach out and said you missed me and wanted to hear my terrible Midwest nasally voice. So, this is your fault. This is all your fault. You have no one to blame but yourself. I do want to give a quick shout out to the Don't Give Up the Ship podcast, D-Guts, as we like to call them. Uh, all the good men and women over there um, were nice enough to do a sit-down with me. So if you don't know who they are, check them out on all podcasting devices and platforms and listen to my interview. Um, but if you've been listening to this nonsense I make for years now, then you'll know all the stories and same jokes. But humor them, humor me. We appreciate them. Shout out D-Guts. Um, <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of the listeners, I have a bone to pick with anybody who engaged in the following polls on my social media stories. Um, I had discussed with a friend about eggs. That's correct. Eggs. They've been around for thousands of years, not going anywhere. Everybody loves eggs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fucking eggs. Now, I eat eggs all the time. I don't know how to cook, and I'm a, you know a man in a house with a dog, so it's not like when I do cook, I don't fucking throw down. I make fucking eggs and hot dogs um, in an order that would surprise you for my daily consumption. And as long as I've been eating eggs, I do like to cook them in various, you know, the various different ways. Um, But the discussion about seasoning your eggs came up, right? Now, I'm a (laughs) a very generic-looking white man from the Midwest, and the joke with us is like we don't really season stuff we just put a bunch of trans fat in it and we just you know die at 35 from our uh, dietary consumption but i enjoy seasoning i love people know me i love spice i love spicy things always have and so when i season my eggs it's either if i'm just in a mood for just some plain old eggs i will put cracked pepper on them or i will season them with any kind of variants of hot sauces that i have so I, to my surprise, me and my friend were discussing eggs and they said that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't salt my eggs and people think I'm weird. Now, hearing that for me was weird because I think salting your eggs is disgusting. I don't know why I put salt on everything else. Uh, you know, a lot of mixed seasonings that I do put on eggs has salt in it. But the idea of salting plain eggs to me is so bizarre, and I don't know why. So we both laughed about it, and they also said, like, no, we're in the minority. Everybody salts their eggs. And I was like, there's no fucking way. So I did what anybody with a moderate uh, social media following would do. I took to the internet. I needed answers. I needed egg-related answers. I put a poll on my Instagram story and said, just simply, do you put salt on your eggs? And I sat back and I waited. 
internet was obviously very, <laughs> very heated. Um, so the polls uh, on Instagram are up for 24 hours, and I don't like to look at them um, until they're done because I don't want to see who's winning, who's losing, whatever. I like to see the full completion of the poll. Uh, got a couple thousand views, a couple thousand votes, and 94% said yes. So my entire life, all 77 years of my life, I have been anti-salting your eggs. And meanwhile, all of you are out there fucking salting your eggs. What is go? What I don't think it does anything. Does it taste better? Or does it just taste like salty eggs? Again, I'm not against seasoning. Big fan of it. But just pure table salt on eggs? I, I, don't, I do not understand. It makes me sick. I, I just... It's, it's insane. I... I I don't know why, but again, it, it it was fascinating to learn something about myself that I'm in the minor- minority of people who do not salt their eggs. Don't do it. Never will. Even after seeing that impressionable poll on my own Instagram, I'm still not going to do it. I think it's insane. Um, and then a couple people messaged and said, yes, you know, like culinary experts and, you know, professional chefs all say, well, most say, maybe, maybe all say, I don't know. I, I think I assume all of them. They all say, yeah, actually adding salt to your eggs actually taste, takes away from eggs in some weird kind of formula, which I agree with him. As a culinary expert who doesn't salt his eggs, I I, I tend to agree. Um, so that was fascinating. Now, there was another poll. Big big polls, uh, really <laughs> big poll-related content here. Um, in the military, you there's a majority of the time is... Uh, there's There was a meme a long time ago, the pie graph of like uh, what you actually do in the military... And it's like less than 1% combat, uh, like 5% PowerPoints, um, like 10% cleaning, or whatever, and then like whatever's right, like 80% or whatever's left is like just sitting around wondering what's going on, which is so true. Um, especially if you're in like a combative job, you're just training to deploy all the time. And then even when you deploy, you're doing your job, but you're when you're forward, you're just waiting around to do your job. So ton of waiting around, all the taxpayer money. And... Um, where am I going with it? Oh, yeah. So all this to say that uh, in in the meantime, in between saving the world, uh, as military men and women do, discussions pop up all the time of, of would you rather. And, and, and a classic one for me, and if you've been hanging out with me lately, I've said this a million times, so I'm so sorry, but bring it to the masses. All seven people who listen to this deserve to know. Um, the would you rather was, and I, again, I put this on my story. Would you rather fight a chicken to death every time you got into your car? Meaning, every time you needed to use your car to go to and from work or wherever, you had to defeat a chicken and kill it before the car would start. So, you're not getting out of it, can't avoid it, can't open the door, chicken runs out, none of that nonsense. Hand-to-hand combat with chicken, kill it, then you can carry on about your drive. Would you rather do that, or you have to fight an orangutan once a year but you get a sword and you don't know when the orangutan's coming. You're just, you can train, you do whatever you want, but once it's time, once the orangutan <laughs> shows up for Mortal Kombat, you just are handed a sword and that's the only thing you're going to use. So that's it. T- ponder, would you rather kill a chicken every time you had to get into your car or would you rather fight an orangutan to the death, but you get a sword once a year? Okay, thinking time is over. Now, I personally, we'll, we'll do it this way. 
this would you rather to me is pretty simple. Now, not enjoyable, mind you. Um, in both instances, you're killing an animal uh, for sport, for pleasure, whatever, man, you know, whatever gets you through it. But um, I personally feel that <laughs> killing a chicken is inherently easier than killing an orangutan. So I said, and will always say, yes, I will fucking, I'll kill that chicken every time I have to get my car or I'll Uber when I'm not feeling violent. So that's, that's my answer. But 77% of the poll that I put up on Instagram said you would rather fight an orangutan to death with a sword. This, this blows my mind because I thought people who followed me on social media were normal, upstanding gentlemen, gentlewoman, everything else. Um, I did not know that you all were fucking crazy. Do you know how fucking big an orangutan, you know how strong, you know how fucking evil an orangutan can be when its sole purpose is to look across whatever fucking, you know, arena you're in, see your dumbass with a sword and say, I have to kill that person. It'll take about four seconds and he'll fucking kill you. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mike, what about the sword we were promised? The sword we're wielding while this orangutan attacks us. Oh yeah, it's there. You're holding a sword. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask another question to you, world. How good are you with a fucking sword? So what? You have a fucking sword. I have a jump rope somewhere here in this house, and I can only do about ten before my ankle gets caught in it. How? Wh- when, who's training with swords? And, okay, say, say you're good with a sword, right? Say you're a big, strong man, and you fucking train with swords all the time. You're fucking Hercules. Everybody loves you. What? One swing. That's all you get. And you're hoping to lop its head off? Like... You take a swing and an orangutan, it's going to... Okay, so you make direct contact with its neck. You know the force to cut off an orangutan's head with one swing of a sword? You know what's going to happen? It's going to get stuck in its neck, and it's going to be pissed off, and it's going to take that sword, and it's going to make you eat it. And it's going to peel you apart like a banana, and it's going to be the most brutal death you can ever experience. The amount of people who said orangutan is the reason this country is out of control, and the reason I, <laughs> I kind of love... Uh, everybody who follows my social media and votes on those things. But I, ah, man, I gotta say, how the fuck are you going to fight an orangutan with a sword? Once a year. Okay, another person said, like, oh, I get to train all year round. Big fucking deal. What the fuck are you gonna do? Uh, You can do a million push-ups. You can swing that sword a million times. You could run 400,000 miles. The second the orangutan drops into your fucking field of vision, it's over. He's gonna rip your head like a melon. There's no fucking way. Team chicken every fucking day. Got me fucking. <clears throat> I mean, I worked up drinking whiskey in this hot house. First, I, can I just say something about Houston, where I currently live, and actually just got extended another year here on recruiting duty here in Houston. More to follow. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the fucking weather here in Houston. Holy. So I went home for the Fourth of July, back up to Indiana, saw the family, had a great time, good people, good laughs, Olive Garden when you hear your family. Um. It, before I left, was like the hottest fucking weather I've ever experienced. And even, uh, Texans love to do the thing, oh, we're just preheating. <laughs> shut the, first off, shut the fuck up. Hot is hot. I can't stand when people are like, you think this is hot? Yeah, I do. 
Same thing with cold. You think this is cold? Yeah, I do. And that's why I said it. And the fact that you have, you know, your gatekeeping temperatures just shows you're a bad person with no personality. So all my Texan friends who are always like, it's just preheating. You're stupid. And you have no sense of humor because you stole that from a meme from like 10 years ago and you haven't stopped thinking about it yet because you're uncreative. Anyway, it's fucking hot. It's so hot. I, it's unlivable. Unlivable conditions here in Houston, Texas. But I got extended, right? So <laughs> I uh, I am, yeah, I am here on recruiting duty for another year longer. That would put me to 2025 here in the great state of Texas and even dirtier slash better city of Houston. So, um, yeah, there's there's that. So if, you know, if you're in Houston and we haven't hung out yet and had a beer, um, what are you waiting on? You have fu- like fucking like two years now. You can make it happen. So no excuses, people. Um, but, uh yeah, that brings us to our, our our main topic today, and it's um it is one that I've thought about a lot because only because um number one I'm in it obviously I'm going to talk about the Navy recruiting recruiter crisis rather than the actual recruiting crisis, which is a total different conversation in itself. Um, but it's the ongoing problem with recruiters and their and their work life and so um me being one of them I, I like to you know talk my shit about it but at the same time i am cognizant of the fact that this is a hypersensitive subject and there are a lot of very high-ranking people involved so uh, i won't be mincing my words i've never been one to do that but uh, I, especially me i have been under a microscope lately um due to how um how big and messy the situation kind of is and also, I am one to stir the pot, as the Navy likes to say for me. So, um, again, I will not pull any punches. Not that I'm talking shit about it anyway. But again, I'm going to do this in the most uh, professional way that I can, but also in the most honest way I can. So, all that being said, if you haven't heard, last week they implemented uh, the Admiral Charge, rather, I should say of recruiting for the entire nation implemented uh, a six-day work week. Now, I know what you're thinking. Don't recruiters work all the time? Yes. Working, you know, Saturdays and Sundays is not foreign. It happens all the time. Um, Usually that means we're at an event, you know, hosting uh, what we call like a pop-up, like a fruit stand. You stand there with the tents, you hand out keychains to the kids, and they go, I want to be a Navy SEAL. And I go, all right, contact me in 10 years, buddy. (laughs) And I'm throwing a big dip and just stand out in the sun and, Anyway, um, it's, it's, so again, recruiters are working all the time. Uh, people truly, unless you've done this duty, you, you really don't understand the amount of work it takes to not only find, qualify, train, uh, administer, and like do all the things it takes to get somebody into the military. And it's funny, I tell applicants all the time, like the hardest things about the military are getting in and getting out. Once you're in, it's whatever. But getting in is fucking hard, and getting out is a process too. So, um, it is. Uh, I, I feel like it's not lost on most people when you say oh, recruiting's hard work. We all know that. Um, but the admiral in charge, he's he's a big wig. He's the one who makes all the decisions. He decided to implement a mandatory six-day work week, and I'm going to read the article from the Navy Times that. Uh, was dropped on us. Again, this is all, I'm going to read directly from the Navy Times, so just spouting off about it. 
Navy forcing its recruiters to work six days a week, is the name of the article. Amid an ongoing military recruiting crisis, the Navy is forcing its more than 3,900 recruiters to work six days a week for the foreseeable future, according to the officials leaked by, uh, in leaked communications obtained by the Navy Times. In an email to recruiters Wednesday, as the new policy rolled out, Head of Recruiting Command, Admiral Ale- Alex Alexis Walker, sorry, uh, called the increased workload a, quote, war-fighting imperative. Walker's email warns that the service expects to miss its recruiting goal for the fiscal year by 6,500 to 7,000 sailors. That follows a similarly, uh, similarly dis- dismal, dismal recruiting year for the fiscal year 2022, in which the Navy made its recruiting mission but had to drain its entire delayed entry program recruit pool in the process. The other, other services are grappling with similar recruiting challenges. <clears throat> Quote, We are getting hit with a shit ton of bad news. One of the recipients of the email said, calling it the most condescending, rude, gaslighting email I've ever seen in my life. That from a petty officer first class working as a recruiter in the South, speaking anonymously to avoid professional retribution. <clears throat> Man, that guy sounds like a good-looking guy. Uh, the Admiral lays out the crisis, and according to the recruiter who received it, says it's up to them to as to how long the six-day work week will last. Quote, I'm not being dramatic when I say our inability to bring in the right numbers and types of people impacts our ability to fight and win, Walker wrote in the email, which officials verified. Recruiting is the prime mover that makes everything go. Everything for the entire Navy. Quote, if we are are unsuccessful in our mission, it negatively impacts fleet manning, quote, gaps at sea go up, with potential ramifications for promotion and retention, end strength, and how we fight, he added. Well, rumors have spread among Navy recruiters that this week, uh, this week a new policy will force them to serve an additional year as a recruiter, and sailors are coming to recruiting will have to leave their old command six months early. Officials with the Office of the Chief of Navy Personnel said Thursday that such policy, policy has not been enacted, although it's in the Navy's purview. There's been no official apology changes to recruiting duty orders, early transfers, or extensions, the command said in the statement. Quote, the Navy is considering all available options in order to fully man our recruiting stations as we continue to address our projected recruiting shortfalls for 2023. And then just goes on to say, like, why why Admiral Walker did what he did and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so um, it, it pulled a lot from an email he sent out to us recruiters uh, on an all-hands distro, right? Um, the name of the email, I'm not going to read it because it's long, and as the... Uh, as the very good-looking petty officer was quoted um, in Navy Times, it was pretty condescending. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just <sighs> the name of the email was "Why Why a six-day work?" Right now, when you're that high-ranking in any branch, in any service, in anything like that, this man is an admiral, right? He's no. This isn't you know a battalion commander. This isn't. This is a big. This is a big big wig, right? He's very powerful. So he can implement whatever he wants. He's in charge of r- recruiting as a whole. So he he did. He he felt um, the best way to make our mission's goals is to uh, continue working our our sailors and recruiting. Um, needless to say, it was met with uh, a lot of a lot of negativity. I. Uh, I was telling somebody earlier, like, I, I, morale just took an absolute kick in the nuts when that came out, because we're already working, you know, all the time, 
and even the ones who are killing it, you know, getting all these accolades as recruiter of the month, year, you know, sailor of the whatever. I mean, the ones who are putting in numbers and genuinely enjoy recruiting, even they're like, what, why? So it just, it seemed very, it seemed very unfair. Uh, it seemed to come out of nowhere and it seemed to be an absolute, you know, hip fire reaction to, to something. He need, And again, I, I do not envy this person. I, I think it's an incredibly difficult job to do something like that, but it, it, it really felt for um, a organization who promotes, uh, you know, professional and personal time and, you know, the Navy's not going to take up your whole life and we need a good work-life balance and all those, you know, other buzzwords that companies like to use now. It, it was really, it seemed very unfair. So um, I'm going to tell you something that maybe not a lot of people know about this fiasco, right? Um there was a recruiter whose name was, is, I'm going to say was, they might have assassinated him. Um, His name is Petty Officer Goldston. Now, Petty Officer Goldston is a recruiter out of Richmond, Virginia. And I know that because he responded directly to Admiral Walker and the Navy Recruiting Command all-hands email. Now, if your butthole is tightened, it's for good reason. If you've ever, no matter what you do in life, right? If you work for a company and the, the big boss man sends out an all-hands email, it's, not, it's meant to pass the word of what's going on. It's not meant to be, re, you know, uh, replied to, especially replied to, to everybody who got the initial email. So, this hero, <laughs> I say hero because... The balls on this man uh, responded to Admiral Walker's email and, again, just replied all. And so everybody got this. And it says, Sir, this is a question constantly on my mind, but with the changes coming down regarding recruiting duty and the new incentives for recruits, is it something I, it's something I can't stop asking myself. Why isn't the issue of retention addressed instead of throwing money at recruits? I imagine if already trained sailors who have been out in the fleet for years... We're given SRBs, better TA, better mental health, uh, better mental and health care, etc. There wouldn't be so many getting out, thus keeping the Navy at a healthy fighting number. Therefore, we wouldn't be making all these desperate moves to get new sailors to join. <laughs> I just feel like it would be more cost effective to invest in the sailors we've already have instead of paying to train new ones. Additionally, there are some other things I believe would assist in combating this quote recruiting crisis. I'm also very concerned, as are many others, on the mental health of our career recruiters. If desperate measures are being implemented to combat sailors joining the Navy at the expense of our recruiters, who will replace the career recruiters who mass exodus? Exodus. I'm just concerned for the future. And then he gives a couple of things that might help. You know, blended retirement system, continuation pay, increased uh, recruiter incentive pay, sea duty pay for recruiters, because, as he says, this has been compared to deployments, despite being a shore duty, very similar op tempo, and I agree. And then he said, curious as to what the overall consensus is on this topic, thank you. Very respectfully, Petty Officer Goldston. Now, <sighs> I'm a part of the first class group on Facebook, right? If you know that group, you know it's insane. It, he 
pretty much just put out there and said, hey, I just want to thank everybody who's been saying good job and blah, blah, blah. He said, but I've been told sending that email was, quote, career suicide. He said, I didn't do it for me. I did it for us. And he said, I just, I'm tired of blah, blah, blah. If you got, if you got to see his post, it was very genuine. It was very awesome. So, um, so essentially, <laughs> it, bugged, it bugged the employees, uh, the sailors, the recruiters so much that one took a stand in front of everybody. He didn't He didn't put in the CEO's suggestion box. He didn't message him directly. He put it out to everybody and said, these are my concerns, as are everybody's. Now, I don't know if it had a direct correlation. I have heard that it did. Because a day later, <laughs> as reported by the Navy Times, it says... Navy cancels plan to force recruiters to work six days a week. <laughs> the article says, The Navy announced Friday that it is halting the plan to force service recruiters to work six days a week. That about face comes after a Tuesday, uh, comes a day after Navy Times reported the service 3,900 recruiters had been told they would have to work an extra day uh, every week starting July 8th as the Navy and other branches grapple with a recruiting crisis. An email uh, that... Rear Admiral Lexus Walker put out head of Navy command sent to the recruiters this week, obtained by the Navy Times. He called it a warfighting imperative. But late Friday afternoon, an Admiral one star above Walker, Chief of Navy Personnel Vice Admiral Rick Cheeseman, announced the six-day work week policy would not be going into effect. In an email accompanying a statement by Cheeseman, Captain Jody Cornell, his spokesperson, said, quote, the Navy is committed to providing a work-life balance for our personnel. She declined further comment. Now, the article goes on if you want to read yourself. Navy Times always does well. Um, I hear they quote people very honestly. So, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, so essentially, now, was it that petty officer's email that really struck a chord? Maybe, maybe not. Nobody really knows. But, to me, this this shows a few things. This shows... Um, leaders need to talk more. And I'm not just saying at the Admiral level, that's crazy, I would never say that. Uh, but like, small unit leaders, and I see, this is all branches. You can't let something get to the point that the only decision that needs to be made is such a drastic one that people rebel against it. You know what I mean? Um discussions need to be have of course corrections and things to do and i understand sometimes tough choices need to be made this is the fucking military let's let's call a spade a spade but putting people in i mean their mental health in jeopardy which is literally what had happened um i mean their careers their their families imagine you are on recruiting duty and you are never home anyway you have a family in a house that you're paying for and you go, hey, honey, you know, husband, wife, whatever. Um, I'm going to be gone another day every single. You're going to see me one full day on Sunday, and that's it. Other than that, I'm going to be at work. That's <laughs> nothing, especially an organization who preaches work-life balance. Nothing is that important. It really isn't. I can't stress enough. Our nation will always rise to what it needs to do. I, and by nation, I mean our military. It is full of very, very talented men and women who get the job done. It's just what we do. Um, 
you know, it, we we may not bat a thousand, but my God, we'll fucking swing. Uh, another thing it shows from the situation is that there are still good common sense base leaders out there. And coming from me, if you know me, I'm a very cynical person, very cynical. For me to say that uh, is a lot because it's something that I truly felt was gone. And then Admiral Cheeseman, and again, I'm not a, a lot of people are memeing, you know, Admiral Cheeseman with sunglasses on, like, yeah, buddy, like, what he did was the correct thing. But he's no, you know, hero for it only because, and thank you, sir, but only because he's like, yeah, this is, no, we're not going to sit here and preach one thing and then do the opposite, especially in something so public as Navy recruiting. The most public thing we do as a military is put our recruiters and advertisements and stuff out there and say to the world, this is how we present ourselves. And the idea to keep the people who are supposed to be the faces of the Navy so unhappy will not fix recruiting. The people who are supposed to sell the organization, hating it more, does not do any, anyone any good. So that's it. I just wanted to say that um, we're going to be okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm talking, talking directly to recruiters. Uh, that, uh, like the article said, the policy as far as mandatory extensions and six months early trying to man the recruiter billet to 100% is not official. Now, I have heard a lot of whispers that it is, it is going to happen. But I don't, you know, I don't work for Chief of Navy Personnel. I may know somebody who did and told me it was, but it's fine. So it's, we're going to be okay. If, if Petty Officer Goldston told us one thing, it's, it's that uh, one voice can go a long, long way. And that, and that goes for everybody. So, so that's pretty much it. If that, that's the Navy recruiting gossip. Um, I think, <laughs> I think this is a good sign personally. I think this is a good sign that there are still competent normal leaders out there who have a lot of power and when they see something wrong they will they will do the right thing so um so that's pretty much it yeah i'm done talking i'm sweating my i'm sweating my fu- it's so fucking hot here in houston and gra- i granted i'm drinking whiskey and in a sweatshirt so who who's really fucking up here but again yeah so my laptop's back to working so i'll try to go back to once a month y'all seem to like that and i genuinely enjoy hearing feedback from you guys and the ones who listen and stuff. So keeps me going, keeps me happy, keeps this old, oh my God, what the fuck? This old man's drunken heart just beating every day. So thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to, you know, share, like, add stars to, you know, the Spotify uh, podcast and the iTunes or the, you know, podcast fucking itunes thing anyway i'm drunk i gotta go so uh thank you all for listening so much and as always stand by for more